Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Media Podcast coming to you from Radio Days Europe in Milan, Italy. I'm Paul Robinson. The annual festival for the radio industry is now in its sixth year and hosts delegates from across 32 European nations and about another 30 or so countries worldwide. With inspiring talks from presenters, producers and executives, this is the place to be if you want to hear from the cutting edge of the industry. And we're here to bring you some of the key takeaways. Today we'll hear from the BBC's head of radio, Helen Bowden, on her plans for the UK. Plus, I talk to Australian presenter Mel Gregg about life after the prank call to a Royal Hospital that went terribly wrong. And we get a masterclass from veteran years presenter Elvis Duran and his producer, Dennis Clark. That's all to come on this continental edition of Media Podcast, sponsored by Audioboom. And we're in the exhibition area of Radio Days Europe. It is huge, 50-plus stands, uh, but not quite as big as the place where we had the party last night, which was the Leonardo da Vinci Museum. Amazing. So we start with Helen Bowden, director of BBC Radio. She was here to showcase all the new ways the broadcaster is redefining radio across the networks, taking a cue from the old Radio 1 strap line. No, not the nation's favourite, but listen, watch, share. So in Radio 1, most young people don't regard... Radio 1 as an audio brand. They regard it as an audio-visual brand. And we've just launched very successfully our iPlayer Radio 1 channel, which is largely funny films around songs, a lot of spoofs, some interviews, some straight musical sessions, built around music by and large. But it's interesting that you can see older audiences beginning to develop a modest taste for more visuals. So Radio 2, Sounds of the 80s, they don't want it on YouTube, they want it on Red Button, that's getting up to a quarter of a million viewers against the football on a Saturday night. We think that's a very good move in the right direction. Radio 3 and Radio 4 tend to be actually almost suspicious of visualisation. I get emails and letters being very challenging about it. But we know that if you're clever with visualisation, it doesn't have to be televisual. It can be, for example, we did a great series on the history of ideas on Radio 4, and there was a fantastically brilliant, short, clever cartoons about the ideas of the world. Not funny ha-ha cartoons, just witty. That was in addition to the programmes, and the audiences loved it. They watched it on their iPads, their mobiles, or on their computers. So it's working out how you develop each of these radio brands so that they involve looking, as in visualisation, to a greater or lesser extent, and of course social media. I mean, all audiences like social media. Not every person in every audience wants it, but there's a taste 
throughout all audiences for sharing because human beings are intensely social and they like to share. And now it's very easy to share, of course. What about um, the content, though? Because what's interesting about the digital world is the focus has gone back onto content. It's really big headline shows that actually grab people. I mean, look at um, Netflix. Yeah. They've been driven by House of Cards That's and right. look what it's done for them. Yeah. What's the equivalent in radio? Well, for, for me, I think you only have to look at something like Serial to show that content can be king, actually divorced from a radio brand in that case. But the BBC has always really been a content creator. We've never lost our focus on that. And we continue to work hard to develop new big ideas like War and Peace dramatised on New Year's Day, like the pop-up country station that Radio 2 did, like Radio 1, One Beacon weekend like the ideas that the new control of radio 3 has there'll be lots of big pieces but the other thing you have to remember is that radio is also in the best sense an habitual medium it's a medium we trust to be there day in day out we trust the relationship we have with radio and so the day-to-day has to be really high quality you know audiences we did an interesting piece of audience work at the bbc called the deprivation study where we asked skeptical audiences who felt they didn't consume much bbc to give it up for about 10 days or two weeks and what emerged from that was how much people missed radio because people don't mention it first they mentioned telly or online and the big programmes. But actually that day-to-day high-quality relationship you have with radio is incredibly important in people's lives. And radio has always been more personal. You know, you associate with a presenter, you know, you love a programme. Look at the uh, affection and sometimes the bile with which Radio 4 can be treated oh, for the slightest <laughs> change. And you know as former controller. Indeed. And that sort of intimacy, I think, fits very well in a digital world, you see. Because actually there's a, an intense, even if you've got you know, things trending in the millions. There's this kind of intimacy about social media, which is quite similar, I think, to the way we we are when we listen to the radio. So you, you hear a joke on Chris Evans, you laugh to yourself as you load the dishwasher. Around you, another 15 million are laughing, you know, over a week. It's got that both... You, you share things with big audiences, but it feels very, very intimate and very personal. What about the challenge of the radio receiver? Gone are the days when the radio set sitting on the kitchen windowsill was the way in which you accessed radio. Now there's so many devices, a plethora of devices. How does radio get a fair share of access to those devices? Well, I think you have to be realistic. There's a whole generation growing up, and I go and do talks to them. You know, anyone under 18 doesn't relate to the radio as I understand it. The word radio. The radio. They don't get the word radio, and they don't actually understand what it is as a concept. What a box that you plug in and sound comes out. But they do listen. They listen on their phones, their tablets, their tellies, and their basic computers as they do their homework. So I think we we, we can't afford to be sentimental about all of that. We have to accept that radio is, as it were, changing in terms of a delivery mechanism, but the essential elements of it, the person-to-person, the human, the entertainment value, the closeness, the intimacy, the speed, the liveness, all those remain very, very potent for people, and the storytelling. I always think, you know, you listen to a song on the radio, and that's a story. You listen to a piece of classical music, you listen to a literal story on Radio 4 as well as a news story. Radio is a medium of storytelling, and human beings have a deep need for stories. Helen Bowden, director of BBC Radio, talking to me there on Monday. Well, next up is Mel Gregg. Mel was a popular presenter on Today FM, part of a music radio duo with Mike Christian that was a big hit with listeners. But that all changed when they prank called the hospital in London where the Duchess of Cornwall was staying, leading to the tragic suicide of one of the staff. After the incident, she resigned from the station and she's not been on air since. 
Mike Christian, in contrast, has been back to work and largely been spared the online abuse Greg has endured. But the whole incident could have been avoided if the station decided not to broadcast the pre-recorded interview in the first place. And when I spoke to Mel earlier, I began by asking her to take us through the events of that day. It was a normal day at work for us. You think about hot topics to talk about. And at that moment, it was the royal pregnancy that was a big deal. So we, someone suggested, let's do a prank call to the hospital. We did a prank call as we have done many a time before. You record the prank call, you let it go through the process, and it's up to the process to determine if it plays. And it was approved. It played. I obviously had um, some reservations about playing the prank call, especially without permission being given. It, It just didn't seem right. And obviously something very tragic occurred from that. But in terms of Today FM, you went through the process. This wasn't two DJs going AWOL. Absolutely not, no. If we had a choice of what content would go on air, I'd have One Direction every five minutes. I'd be talking to Rihanna, to Justin Bieber. We don't get a say. So when the call happened and you got through, and you were using crazy voices, really bad accents, but you got through, which you were really surprised about, I guess. Absolutely, and that was never the intention of the prank call, and that's what a lot of people at the time didn't understand. Not for a second did we go, let's call a hospital to try and get private information. Our show wasn't like that. It was about having a joke on us. We wanted to be the joke of that call. We wanted our silly accents to be hung up on. We wanted a 30-second call to play, which was all about us. Of course, you got through, and then, of course, massive publicity. And I guess at that point, it was euphoria. You were very happy. Absolutely, and that's what I am now ashamed of, because you think back and you you honestly feel so disgusted in yourself that, that we did celebrate. We celebrated because... We didn't think there was going to be any consequences. The hospital came out and said, no, the nurses will not be disciplined. Prince Charles was making jokes about it, so we knew the royal family were okay with it as well. But there was obviously other people involved, and they weren't okay. Because you could never possibly know what was going to happen next. And, of course, what did happen next was absolutely tragic because the nurse committed suicide. So at that point, I guess, all hell broke loose. Uh, Yeah, that phone call was beyond gut-wrenching. I felt that I'd failed as a human being. I was so disgusted in myself and devastated for the Saldana family that there's so much pain, so, so much pain. There's about six hours that I don't remember of that night when when I got that phone call and it was concerning for my partner. He said he stood on the balcony because he wasn't sure what I was going to do. My mental state was one of... I don't know the best way to describe it because I don't remember it, but it was very concerning for all. So those six hours are almost blank in your life, you just can't remember? I cannot remember. So what happened next? You went into a state of depression, I think. Uh, yeah. So there was a progression for the next three months of being in lockdown where um, you, you go through different stages. So the, the blame and the guilt before the depression Sets in. Sets in. And and I didn't know what was happening to me. My body was so numb, I would pinch myself and I couldn't feel anything. And one thing that concerned me the most is I'd have um, a couple of wines to try and calm myself. And when you know that alcohol doesn't have any effect on you, that there is something seriously wrong with you. And that's where I sought help. Um, About six months into it, I really needed help. So at this point, obviously, you're not working, you're off the air, you're at home, you're basically confined to the house. Yeah, three months in complete lockdown, not even sunlight coming in. Um, And all I would do was read the terrible comments that were written about me, and I believed it. So that really fed the depression and confirmed to me that, yes, you are to blame. 
yes, you do deserve to die. And at the time, that is what I believed. When you were on stage uh, at Radio Days Europe, you talked about some of those tweets and those messages, and they were really horrible. But you seem to now be able to read them and, 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 and get, get over that. Yeah, and it takes a lot of strength and a lot of time to mentally prepare yourself to read those tweets. But we need to understand that trolls are trolls for a reason. They're not normal people. I mean, do you know anyone that spends hours abusing people online? Fortunately not, no. And, and normal people don't do it. But for me, I've made two fictional characters that help me. I've got Cat Lady. So when it's a female abusing me, I just think of crazy Cat Lady. She's sitting there. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They're unshowered. She's got seven cats. She's crazy. Old mate. He's the one that sends the, the, the mean tweets as well. He's got his big beer gut and he should probably be dating Cat Lady. So you find a way to deal with it yourself. And for me, I picture those desperate people that are doing it because their lives are not satisfactory, that they get happiness, genuine happiness from abusing someone, which is disgusting. That was Mel Gregg. We'll be back after this short message. This episode of the Media Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace's all-in-one hosting and design service allows you to create one-off sites for your new series, campaign, or online store in minutes. And, by way of demonstration, the Media Podcast has a website created using Squarespace. You can find it at themediapodcast.squarespace.com. And it's packed full of extra episodes from speakers at the Guardian Edinburgh International Television Festival the next radio conference, and now the full bug event we previewed in our last bonus episode. If you're a pleasure to the media podcast, you can take in all of the different events we've been to, and if you're not, you can be soon. If you like what we've created with Squarespace, you can get your own plan for just $8 a month, and that includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. For a free trial with no credit card required, Head to squarespace.com now and you'll get 10% off a monthly or annual plan by using the code MEDIAPOD at the checkout.
One of the sessions everyone at Radio Days Europe was keen to get into was Elvis Duran, the host of Elvis Duran and the Morning Show on Z100 in New York. The show is syndicated in over 70 markets in the USA, including Philadelphia, Miami, Austin. I sat down with Duran and his producer, Dennis Clark, to find out what makes their show such an enduring success. But first, here's Elvis on stage talking to delegates at Radio Days Europe. We all have our stories, and that's, it's so important for you to understand that your listeners want to hear your story. They, believe it or not, they really do want to hear what you have to say because they can relate with that. You have to tell your story. Recently, I had, uh, I had bariatric surgery, and I lost 65 pounds. I needed to because I hadn't seen my penis in years. <laughs> and so we made it a part of the show, you know, and how difficult it is to lose this weight and go through this surgery. And, but we have fun with it. You know, I, I was putting on my underwear this morning. And there was a, sorry, there was a little, <laughs> and even though it was washed underwear, there was a little sticker in the underwear, an inspection sticker. So wherever they manufactured the underwear, someone actually picked this underwear up, looked at it, and went, let's sell this. And I was thinking, I wish I knew this person. Because, I mean, they've been in my underwear. I sh- <laughs> Every, you know, everyone has a story. And it's so great to stop down and let them tell their story. And that's what the morning show is about. That's what our morning show is about, people telling their stories. Elvis Duran, you have been at the top of Z100 for so many years. What is your secret? Being surrounded by people that know what they're doing. (laughs) It made me look like I know what I'm doing, and I don't. I think the secret is just being me. And the secret for anyone's success is just being yourself. Who is this? This is Susan Susan, holy potatoes, you're the 100th caller! Hi! You got tickets to see Phil Collins at Madison Square Garden? Alright. <laughs> at the count of three, I want you to go, and... Okay. One, two, three, go. And... And you're qualified to have lunch with Phil Collins in the morning zoo. Alright! Have you ever eaten with an international... Radio station, are you hearing right now? Who is this? This is Susan Ball. Susan, holy potatoes, you're the 100th caller. You got tickets to see Phil Collins at Madison Square Garden. And you're qualified to have lunch with Phil Collins in the morning zoo. Oh my God, what am I going to order? I don't know. Do you get into fried foods? You never know. Do you get into salads? Possibly. How would you like to have a food fight and throw greasy fried foods at Phil Collins? He might get injured. No, he might get heart disease. (laughs) You better win lunch, and when you win, make sure you come back and tell me what happened. You're not coming? I wish I could. Oh, all right. Floss after every meal and tell me what station plays the best music and gives you Phil Collins on a silver platter. Z100. Dennis Clark, you've just come off stage and the hall was full and buzzing. Uh, and the subject was you know, one, how could it not be relevant? How to make a presenter relevant in 2015? There are quite a lot of radio stations in the UK now which are talking less. DJs are restricted to four links an hour, maybe, you know, 10 seconds a link. They're not allowed to put any personality in there. It seems to me that that's an odd strategy. Is that something you understand, or do you think they've got it wrong? If they have ratings, it must be working, you know. But I think a, we find a lot of, like, music machine stations that, don't ha- that aren't highly rated, then that means nobody cares. Nobody's really coming to that brand or that station for... Uh, for even the music that they play. So you might as well start packaging, as I call it, the humanity around 
the uh, function of a radio station, whether it's a music, you know, music or an information-based station. Uh, but um, the United States goes through that phase too, and we do too a little bit. And uh, we're beginning to really understand from the audience. And again, I will say this: the audience is demanding more from our personalities. And I think if that's the phase, I guess maybe some uh, UK broadcasters are going through. Um, I guess it's easier. I mean, in a way, personalities take more management time, they take more love, more nurturing, and, and just voices on sticks are, are much easier to manage and probably cheaper, too. Well, that's a sad state of personality because I don't believe in that. I don't think you do either. So uh, I would say that uh, uh, time will tell. Well, <laughs> lastly, Dennis, maybe I could ask you top three tips then for someone who wants to get into radio and be a personality and build their show and build their market. What are the top three things you'd advise? Uh, number one, who is your target? It really is important. Number two is what do they care about and what do they want? And then number three is building your personality and injecting you as a conduit between what they're interested in, what they come to the radio for, whether it's music or a chat situation or uh, anything like that, and package that up with what makes you different and really connect to your audience. Use social media to market yourself and to validate your content as much as possible and really begin to build a village and I think even a lot of personalities are out of work right now and I keep telling them get back on the air do a podcast do something find somebody that'll give you a break again you're you know try it again and get on your feet and don't be miserable and radio sucks because it doesn't it's a beautiful beautiful business and wonderful medium for all of us. Now you're not going anywhere because you're actually over 50, amazingly, though you look 30, still doing top 40 radio. It's weird. I'm a big fan of the music, thank God, and, I'm, and I have a lot of people around me who, who keep me plugged into reality. So uh, no, I, I won't do this forever in this genre of music and presentation, but I plan on doing this until my dying day. It's all having you here, Elvis, thank you so much. It's my pleasure, thank you, thank you so much. Well, that's almost it from the conference. People are stuffing their delicate bags into their luggage any way they can. The exhibition stands are being dismantled and bar bills are being finally checked. Really? Did I spend that much? But before we leave, let's hear from festival organiser Rolf Brandred on the highlights from the last few days. The people who are coming here, many of them are people thinking about what shall happen with radio around the next corner. But then... What is most popular is always program showing the best of radio today. And uh, I have a philosophy that before lunch on the first day, everybody should you know, feel that they have gotten something good. And of course this year it was Elvis Duran from Seed 100. And it uh, was different things, very different. So I think people got on to a good start. And best of programs today are interesting to everybody. You made a good point, of course, that is it's expensive to come to a conference, even to this one, which is good value. You need to be able to say to your boss, I've got some takeaways to go back to my radio station with and implement and maybe think about or do something slightly differently. Yeah, certainly. That's one of the things we say to the speakers. The last slide should be the takeaway slide. And actually, I think Red Desk Europe is the free market of ideas. Television, they are selling their formats and ideas. But in radio, we are still in the, in the heaven of free exchange. And, uh, and I think that's some of the beauty of it. I believe Radio Days have been spreading a lot of new philosophy around radio around Europe. 
and the sea that's our speakers and the uh, themes come up in national conferences in different places. Well, you've grown and grown. It's now an amazing conference, probably the best radio conference, I would say, uh, on the planet. How do you uh, improve? Because the trouble is now the bar's high, isn't it? I mean, you've got to come back next year and people will expect even more. Mm. Well, first we have to have a cool city. And we, okay. all, we always look for a cool city which has an attraction in itself. The second is to listen to people. And we, have, we start in October, early in October, with the conference committee meeting, where we have people from 20 countries coming together, brain, uh, yeah, talking through what could be the good ideas, the good speakers. And then we have a program committee working out these ideas and getting the appointments and everything. And I think the contact with many different countries, not only UK and the US, but all around Europe, that, that is what makes this into a European radio conference and give it the attraction it has. Okay, so if you're listening now and are not here, then the dates are next year, Rolf, that's the critical thing to have. Yes, 13th to 15th of March next year. And what place it will be, will be announced at 4 o'clock today at the conference. Thank you very much. Well, that city has been announced, and I can tell you that next year the conference will be in Paris, just a Eurostar ride away. My huge thanks to Radio Days Europe for hosting us, producer Matt Hill, and to you for listening. Next week we return to London, back in the safe hands of good old Ollie Mann, for another review of this week's media news in the way that only we can do it. My name's Paul Robinson from Milan. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.